Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Your home for all the news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Chad. All right. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Devils lead the Maple Leafs 2-1 late in the second period. Devils have won 10 straight. Also in the second, Blue Jackets up 2-1 on the Habs. Dallas leading the Panthers 5-2. Avs and Hurricanes 1-1. Lightning leading the Flames 1-0. Bruins up 1-0 against Philly. No score in the first between the Ducks and the Jets. Late in the first, Nashville leading the Islanders 3-1. Predators up 1-0 on the Wild, and the Blues already leading Washington 3-0 just 12 and a half minutes into the game. Later, three more games, including the Coyotes and the Golden Knights. The Oilers host the Golden Knights on Saturday, 6.30 for the face-off show here on 6.30, Chad, and the puck will drop at 8. Got a really big guest going to join me in about 30 seconds, one of the all-time greats in the city of Edmonton. I am at West Edmonton Mall. The Oilers autograph session is going on. Darnell Nurse and Devin Shore are right behind me. I in front of the bay. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is uh, up the escalator from me. McDavid's at the other end. I think he's by the boat, and guys are uh, all around the mall. Lots of lineups here. If you come to our broadcast location here before 8 o'clock, talk to Sienna and Tristan from our street team. They're wearing 630 Shed shirts, and they will get you into a draw to win two tickets to the Oilers and the Canadians on December 3rd. you got to talk to them because there's a special code word you got to put in on the website, and they'll help you fill up the form and stuff. All right. Well, he doesn't need much of an introduction. It's Warren Moon joining us tonight on Inside Sports. Warren, you're on with Reed. How have you been, sir? I'm great, Reed. How are you doing tonight? Well, I'm at West Edmonton Mall, Warren. This is pretty cool. You know this place pretty well, right? <laughs> Yeah, I used to have a cookie store in there, and I uh, spent a lot of time in that mall, and I also spent a lot of money in there on all the different uh, stores that they have in there. So that's a that's a great place to uh, to hang out, especially this time of the year when it gets to be a little bit cold up there in Edmonton. Yeah, I, I'm glad you brought up the cookie store because I, I was like, I'm pretty sure he had a cookie store in the mall. How, who, whose idea was that? Was that you? Did someone approach you with that? What's the story behind the cookies? Well, my mother taught me to bake when I was um, in high school, and she taught me to cook when I was younger, even even younger than that, like 10 or 11 years old. And I also used to work in restaurants when I was like 12 or 13 years old. So I had a lot of uh, familiarity with cooking, and I had a really good cookie recipe. And she taught me to cook, I mean, to to, uh, to bake, basically to calm me down the night before my games in high school because I would get really irritable and, and kind of nervous and, and be around the house kind of snapping at everybody. So... She gave me something to do that would take my mind off of the game the next day. So I started baking cookies every uh, Friday, every Thursday night before my games on Friday. And uh, like I said, I had a really good recipe. And over the years, I it even got better. So I decided when I got up to Edmonton, the chocolate chip cookie craze was going on at that time. Uh, there was Famous Amos and Mrs. Fields and people like that. So it wasn't anything like that really up in in Canada. So I decided to to, to give it a try up there with my name uh, behind it and also 
also my good recipe, and it was very successful for me. Warren, that's incredible. And this is why I love having you on, because I've been lucky enough to have you on my show several times over the last few years. I know you shared a never-before-told uh, never story about a hand injury you had last time you were on. And now you're <laughs> yeah. I did not. I did not know that about you. And to me, that is such a how, – how did you relax the night before a game? Well, some guys go to a movie. I listen to music. I hung out with my buddies. Warren Moon baked cookies. Like, that's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I did, and it worked, too, because I got so focused into it. Anything I would do, anything I still do to this day, I really get focused into it. So it definitely took my mind off of what I had to do the next day because I wanted those cookies to be the best. Now, did you continue that into college and pro at all, or did you have a different routine? No, I, it was a different routine. Again, like in college, you go, you know, away to a hotel with your team, and and uh, you have meetings and all of that, and a snack, and then you go to bed. So it's a totally different atmosphere when you got to college. But high school, that's how I dealt with it. Okay, well, th- thanks for sharing that. That that's awesome. Uh, Warren Moon joining us, of course, five-time Grey Cup champion when he played here with the uh, the double E. And I've been talking to a few guys this week about Grey Cup week. So you're a relatively young man. You come to Edmonton and your team's pretty good and you go to the Grey Cup. Uh, What do you remember about dealing with that first Grey Cup week? And few things to do if you wanted to do it. Speaking of distractions, how how did you deal with the, the first time you ever went to the Grey Cup? You know, I just kind of followed the lead of the veterans on our team because they had been the year before and had lost pretty bad to Montreal. So our whole goal in Montreal with that particular season was to get back to the Grey Cup and hopefully face Montreal again so we could uh, we could revenge the, that loss from the year before. I guess there was a, a big controversy about them using staples in their shoes and they had great great traction on the uh, on the ice, icy field where the Edmonton guys were slipping all around. So that was something that stuck in the minds of all the players throughout the whole year that we've got to get back to the cup and we've got to face Montreal and we've got to almost like having a uh, an exorcism of, of a demon. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so because uh, I, I, I just wonder, you know, like, did you ever have I, just a great cup week? You're in whatever city. It was, you, it was often in Toronto or Montreal when you played. Yeah, like, it was in Montreal think- that first year. Yeah, like, did you ever think to myself, to yourself, my God, how much beer can these Canadians drink in a week? Because there's all these parties going on everywhere. You know what I mean? Oh, I, I found that out. I found that out well before the Grey Cup. I found that out when I first got to Edmonton in the summer. And uh, the summertime, they drink more beer than they do in the winter, believe me. <laughs> Okay, so you were used to it by, by the time you went to Grey Cup week. Uh, you know, Bill, Bill Stevenson was on our team, so he could drink as much beer as half of Canada. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. Did you allow yourself, I'm not saying to go crazy or anything, but did you allow yourself one night to check out the Grey Cup festivities, go, you know, go for dinner, look around the city at all, or did you just keep it all business the whole week? 
Well, yeah, I did go out to dinner. You know, I wasn't a drinker at that time. I didn't really start drinking alcohol until I was 40 years old. So when I went out, it wasn't about, uh, you know, drinking or anything like that. I remember as a rookie, uh, we had our, our rookie hazing, right? So they, they all the rookies had to do whatever the veterans wanted them to do. And my, my hazing was I had to beat a couple of other rookies in a beer chugging contest. Now, I didn't drink, and I didn't drink beer. But I won that contest because I was not going to want to have to drink again because every time you lost, you had to keep drinking until you won. So I won the first time, and uh, there was a lot of veterans that weren't happy that I won the first time because they wanted to see what was going to happen to me if uh, if I had to keep drinking. So I'm glad I got over it over with in one chug. Oh, that's amazing. Ford Moon joining us today. It's... Uh... Yeah, but I definitely did go out uh, for dinner uh, during Grey Cup week, at least one of the nights, and then kind of kept it close to home after that. But you want to try and in, in, enjoy what, what you uh, accomplished because going to the Grey Cup should be a, um, a reward for having a great season. But then all of a sudden you have to get focused into that game, especially, you know, 48, 48 hours before the game. So I kind of took myself out of commission after that, you know, after uh, that 48-hour rule that uh, we had to get ready for the game starting on Friday. Friday. So we, we had a good time on Thursday, but then we got ready to go on Friday. Yeah, well, and you guys always were because you, you, you won five in a row while you were here. So obviously whatever formula had, uh, you guys worked. Warren Moon joining us tonight uh, on Inside Sports. Hey, uh, I, I want to touch on some other football stories with you. Uh, I, I'm sure I've told you before, I am a Seahawks fan, and uh, you're obviously closely tied with that organization. I was not optimistic at the start of the year <laughs> because I don't think they traded. Was. <laughs> right, and now like Geno Smith's out playing Russell Wilson, and and they're you know they're in good position to make a playoffs. What what's going on? Like what what's happened with Geno, or how how has this been clicking for them? Well, Gino has always been a very talented player physically. He just was kind of immature when he came into the league and, and kind of bounced around. You know, he came into the Jets and he and he played early but didn't play very well. And uh, so he became a backup. And then he, he went and he played behind uh, Phillip Rivers, I think, for a little bit. He played behind Eli Manning with the Giants. And he also played behind Russell Wilson for two years here in Seattle. So he learned from a lot of good veteran quarterbacks what it takes to be a, you know, a good leader and also what it takes to prepare. And and now he got his second opportunity here in Seattle, and he's been in this offense for the last couple of years when Russell was here, and he played last year when Russell got hurt. So he's, he's just picking up where he left off, and he's really taking advantage of his second opportunity. So I'm happy for him because he's putting in the work, and he's, like I said, very talented, and he's uh, gifted that way, and he's become a really good leader on that football team. And, and they've got a good young group, a good nucleus that they drafted that uh, I think this team is going to be good for a little while and they got a bunch of draft picks for the Russell Wilson trade so they're going to be able to even have a stronger team next year I don't know how much of, of Russell's games you get to watch with the Broncos but they just they don't score a lot like does this change the perception of Wilson around the league or is it just not a good fit for them him there with the Broncos or what do you see yeah, it's starting to change the, the perception of why he left Seattle, and, and uh, there was so much, you know, scuttlebutt back and forth about whose fault was it, who's the one that really wanted to leave, who's the one that that uh, was the cause of, of Russell wanting to leave. So um, I think I think Pete is happy with what's going on right now as far as the way his, his team is playing. Um, I don't think they're happy right now with the way Russell is playing in Denver. It's still a transition for him, but... 
Uh, I just hope they find the formula that he that he needs to to start having some success because right now the things they're doing offensively I just don't think fit into to what Russell's strengths are. But Russell has a lot of say so in what he wants to do, so I'm sure this is stuff that he wants to do, but he's probably just not able to do it. Yeah, yeah, that's been a really interesting story for me, and I like. Every preview I read had the Seahawks at four or five wins for the season, and they already got six, right? So it, it, it looks like house money a little bit already for them. Uh, I wanted to throw you a couple war, more, Warren, because I always enjoy getting your perspective. Uh, I, the first half hour of the show, I was talking about our hockey team here, the Oilers, and they often don't start games well. You know, first period, first 10 minutes, and this goes back a couple of years. And, you know, every and it's but it's not just hockey. Every team says we want to start well. You probably wanted that with the, in the CFL and the NFL. Can you tell me about, you know, how you or your teams approached, you know, early in games, how you made sure you were ready? You know, teams use things like set the tone or come out strong or be difficult to play against. Like, is that a skill that you have to sort of be good at starting games? How did you and some of the teams you played on approach that? Well, I know offensively we wanted to try and uh, you know come out with a, a, a strong um, opening set of plays. You know, so every team comes out with their you know starting 15 plays or 12 plays or whatever it is, and you want to try and get uh, you want to be as aggressive in that particular time of the game as you can. But you also are trying to look and see how defenses are going to play you against certain sets and certain formations. And so that's kind of what we did at the beginning on the offensive side. And then defensively, those guys wanted to get out there and set the tone as far as uh, demanding the line of scrimmage, you know, being as physical as they possibly could, letting the team know that we're, we're playing that day, that it was going to be a long day. So they really came out aggressive, uh, maybe had some some blitz calls and things early in the in the game that they really let that team know that they're going to have their hands full today. So I think a lot of it is your mindset, what you come out with. And if you don't come out with a positive and, a, and an aggressive mindset, then you're going to get off to slow starts in ball games. I like how you put that. You want to make the other team feel like it's going to be a long day, right? Because there might yeah, be the odd team or two definitely. that they, they're not ready for that, right? Their mindset isn't they, they don't want to go through that long day. Yeah, depending on if you're at home and you, and you have all this emotion from the fans and all that, or if you're on the road, and uh, that the, the team that you're playing on the road has a lot of emotion and a lot of uh, inspiration because of their fan base, you've got to match that somehow when you're on the road. At home, it's easy to get up because the crowd is going to help you get up early in the ball game. But on the road, you have to match that intensity. You have to match that, uh, uh, that vigor that they're going to come out and play with. And so that's what we always try to do do on the road we wanted to come out and, and, and hit them in the mouth is it so they say you know so to speak uh, early in the ball game let them know that it's going to be a long day okay warren one more for you we started talking about the great cup let's end there you got five great cup rings uh did you ever wear them <laughs> did you give them to family what's the story <laughs> I have them in a nice glass box, and uh, you know, there's something that I just kind of kind of admire. Whenever I, uh, whenever I'm feeling down on myself, I can look at my rings and say, "Hey, I, I was pretty successful. I don't know. There's nothing. Why do I need to be down about anything today?" So yeah, it, they're a constant <laughs> reminder of success, you know. And, but th- that's just a very special time in my life. You know, I was 21 to 26 years old when the, when that was happening, and and uh, learning a lot about myself, starting my family at that time. A lot of things going on in my life but uh 
when you look back at it, no other team in professional sports has won five championships in a row in any sport. So we feel like that was a very special time and something we can always be proud of. Warren, it is always a pleasure to have you on the show. We really appreciate that you're always available to, to come on and chat with us. And, uh, of course, Edmontonians and, and all your fans in northern Alberta as well. Love hearing from you. Thanks for the stories. Thanks for your perspective on some things going on in the uh, NFL. Uh, enjoy the slate of games coming up on Sunday. And if you take a peek or two at the Grey Cup, I'm sure you'll enjoy that as well. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on. The Great Cup is what, Winnipeg and um, Toronto? Toronto. Yeah, Winnipeg and yeah. Toronto. Yeah. I heard Winnipeg's going for three in a row. Winnipeg, they won in 2019. There was no season in 2020. They won again last year. They are going for three in a row. Yeah, quite a story. Uh, uh, well, good for them. Uh, we, I didn't like Winnipeg when I was there, so I don't know who I'm rooting for right now. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. I have a feeling you didn't like any of the other eight teams you played against, Warren. <laughs> well, I definitely didn't like the teams in the West because that was our main competition. But uh, hopefully it's a great, great cup, and um, it's very competitive. I know it's going to be in, in Regina. It's going to be cold there, but hopefully both teams will be ready for it right on thank you warren we'll talk again soon okay take care one of our city's all-time greats one of the all-time most popular athletes as well former quarterback warren moon checking in tonight on inside sports that is so much fun to uh talk with him we are live in west edmonton mall the oilers autograph session is uh often signing I was going to say off and running. It's off and signing. We are set up outside the bay in phase one. And come talk to our street teamers. They're wearing 630 Ched shirts. Uh, Sienna is here. Tristan is here. They can uh, get you into a draw for a couple of Oilers tickets to the game on December 3rd against the Montreal Canadiens. 780-496-0063 if you want to get in touch that way. It's Inside Sports on Ched. Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chen. I gotta go on TV second. Outside the bay as we roll along with Inside Sports, uh, 780-496-0063. Kellen, what do we have from our loyal 14 listeners tonight? We got a couple more Oilers texts for you. Richard says they won't go anywhere until they get a number one defenseman. That is from Richard. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Okay. And we've got one from Jack. Well, no, no, I, mean, I mean, Nurse is their number one defenseman, and okay. he's going to be for a while. We got another one from Jack in Edmonton. He says, hey, Reed, long-time listener, at what point are the Oilers going to go all in like other playoff contenders? This team has too many holes on D in the bump six. If this keeps up and we don't make trades to upgrade, we are going to look back in four years and wish we have traded those picks for a better chance at the Cup. That's from Jack in Edmonton. Uh, yeah, maybe. Like, here's the thing with the Oilers trading right now. They, there's not a lot of cap space. Okay, so you put Kane on long-term injured reserve, so you get a little bit of leeway there. Um, so if you're trading somebody, you're going to have to trade somebody like 
pick a player. Um, Kyler Yamamoto, Jesse Pugliarvi, Evan Bouchard, Philip Roberg. Um, none of those players make a ton. Pugliarvi and Yamamoto make a little more, so you'd have some money going out to help you with money coming in. But again, as I always say to people who <laughs> suggest trades, right now, how much value do Pugliarvi and Yamamoto have to other teams? Because Yamamoto's hurt and hasn't scored. He's probably going to be back soon. He's day-to-day. And Pugliarvi has one goal. So, yes, and I, and I look, you guys have listened to me long enough. I often th- sort of poo-poo trade ideas, and, and I get it. And maybe I, I shouldn't all the time. But I think right now these guys are going to have to figure it out. Now, I think at some point the GM might have to step in because, yes, you, you have two exceptional players. You have three other forwards who are really, really good. Hyman, Kane, and Nugent Hopkins. I know Kane's not healthy, but those guys are really, really good. So who's supporting those guys? So we've got kind of gone from the Oilers having a big three to now they have a big five that's only a big four with Kane out of the lineup. And again, you're not getting enough thrust and presence from your bottom six players. I think McLeod is coming along and shows a lot of potential. After that, I think all the questions are fair. And that's probably still the part of the roster that needs to be rounded out. Because you have to be able, if if you're going to be a championship team, you have to win games when your big guys aren't firing. The Oilers' big guys are good enough to, to win you a lot of games or keep you in a lot of games. But who else is putting you over the top?